we are starting a brand new series, and Charles is going to kick it off, and it's entitled, How Faith Can Make Life Better. So let's welcome Charles. Thanks, guys. And uh, everything's good. Hey, good morning. It's a lovely fall day. It's a new season, right? Excited for new season? So we're starting a, a new sermon series to go with the new season. It's uh, amazing how fast time goes, yeah? But anyway, we're starting a series called How Can Faith Make Life Better? Because that's why we are here, isn't it? We're here at church because we believe faith can make a difference in life. I mean, you wouldn't be here otherwise, right? I mean, why waste time if it doesn't do anything, right? The Bible says kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. So for the next few weeks, we're going to talk about different ways faith can practically uh, power our lives. Sounds good? So for today, I want to talk about when we get stuck. We get stuck, right? You get stuck sometimes. Maybe you experience uh, an accident or trauma you find hard to get past. Maybe there's a, a relationship that just, you keep just circling around, <laughs> just doesn't get better. You're stuck. Maybe uh, it's your career. Uh, you try and try, but it just doesn't seem to have traction. You question yourself. You question your ability. You, it's depressing when you get stuck. Right? Does that ever happen to you? Maybe a health problem. Right? That doesn't get better. I, I've had a health problem that doesn't get better. As many of you know, I've had back problem for many, many years. I've had to take a year off last year. For last four or five years, it's been really hard. And I feel really stuck but because it's not like I'm just sitting in my couch and not doing anything. I try everything that I can think of. I, I do physical therapy. I do Pilates. I do acupuncture. I do resistance training. Trust me, many of you have come up to me over the years and have asked me, have you tried this? Have you tried that? 99% of the time, I have tried it. <laughs> you know, I have tried everything, but it just... I mean, it is better you know, because of all the work I put in. But it's not, I haven't been able to get a breakthrough. It's very frustrating when that happens. Can you relate to something like that in your life? You have an area in your life. Can you think of anything that, that's presently true or in your past? Somewhere you are stuck. And you can't get through. It's frustrating, isn't it? It's depressing when, you, when your best is not good enough. What do you do when your best is not good enough? I, I think that's where faith can really play a big part. Because faith can help us get beyond ourselves. Right? Faith can help us when we can't 
help ourselves. I mean, there's a popular saying that says, God helps those who help themselves, right? I mean, that's sometimes true, but not always. Not when it comes to faith, because the essence of faith is that God is bigger than us. Right? I mean, if God only helps us when we can help ourselves, what good is it? See, God is bigger than us. God can help us when we can't help ourselves. I've experienced God coming through for me. I, my back problem started 25 years ago. It's not just yesterday it happened. I was pursuing PhD at MIT, and then I had this back problem, and I couldn't walk, sit, or stand for more than 10 minutes at a time. I was stuck on the floor, and it wouldn't get better. And six months in, I, I, depression and anxiety just really set in. And that's when I had a profound experience of God. I, I had powerful experience of God in prayer. I felt God ask in my heart, what do you most want to do with your life? And I felt God offering to walk with me. I felt God offering to lift me up from the floor. I felt God promising me I can go beyond where I can go with myself. And that gave me hope. It made me feel like I was not alone. And that's really powerful in and of itself. When you have hope, when you feel hopeless, that's psychologically a very powerful thing. Right? You need that sometimes. But beyond that, crazy things started to happen. I, I made $43 million trading stock from the floor in the ensuing 18 months. I even got written up in a, a Fortune magazine. It was crazy. Crazy stuff was happening. I was like, what is happening here? I became part of seven people who planted a church in Boston. It grew to 1,000 people in seven years. That's crazy, right? It was just like crazy stuff was happening. And I felt like, wow, what's going on here? But God did something there. I felt like I now had purpose. I had a future. I felt worthy that I could do stuff. I could keep going with God. I really can't explain what happened, except it seems like God did something. Right? I mean, it just seems so unlikely now you would have an experience with God and immediately afterwards all these amazing things would happen. It seems like something unexplainable happened. Wouldn't you agree? The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk but of power. With God there's always hope. When you get stuck, you can turn to God. That's something nice to have in your pocket, don't you think? It's powerful. There's always hope and faith. So this is my first practical suggestion for today. Don't ever lose hope. Persevere. Don't ever lose hope. Persevere. Have you ever lost hope? I have. Right? Don't ever lose hope. Just keep swimming. Like Dory. <laughs> from Finding Nemo have you have you Finding Nemo Finding Dory just keep on swimming even if you can't remember what happened three seconds ago <laughs> like Dory that's she's stuck <laughs> really stuck but she just keeps on swimming just keeps on persevering and uh, good things start happening 
Right? Life can turn. You can get stuck on the floor, but God walks with you. You are not alone. You are not alone. The Bible says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we are peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop perseverance. And perseverance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us. Because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. This is a very famous passage. I love this passage. The progression. The the power that builds and builds and builds. Right? One thing leads to another. It snowballs. Life is like that. When you go into dark space of despair, it snowballs. One thing leads to another. Or you can be in a positive space, in a space of hope. And that snowballs. One thing leads to another. He says, with faith we can rejoice. Even when we get stuck in problems and trials, we can rejoice, he says. Rather than crumpling in despair, faith can give us power to persevere with joy rather than this this dark despair, right? And as we persevere, he says, something gets developed into strength of character. Something gets built into us, you know? It's not just something, like if we just keep persevering, it's saying it makes us, makes you into a different person. A person with character, a person with strength. It makes you a person of hope. The hope becomes not just something you do, it becomes part of who you are. Part of your character, it's in you, who you are is a person of hope. I would love to be a person of hope. Don't you? That hope is not just something you do. It's who you are. It it just reeks out of you. It's been built into you. It's part of your character. It's the strength of your character. You are a person of hope. I don't think I am one yet. I too easily crumple in despair. And I was stuck in traffic yesterday quite a bit. You know, I I visited my daughter in college. And it's usually about, you know, it should be about an hour and a half, but it was more like two and a half, three hours. You know, just unexplainable. And people, when they're in traffic, People start doing crazy stuff that makes things even worse, right? And, you know, that just made me just put me in kind of a a despair, right? 
right? Like in my head, you start thinking, oh, people are just stupid, you know? And people, uh, what hope is there in this world when people make such dumb decisions, you know? Right? It just snowballs in your head. So I don't think I'm a person of hope yet. You know, I, you know, my wife is a lot more calm, person of peace. She's just like, what will happen will happen. And she's steady. And I admire that about her. You know, just ability to stand strong and keep going. You know, don't let little things get to you, you know. That's strength of character. I I wish that for you. I want to encourage all of you, all of us, to become people of hope. People who are rooted, strong. You don't get knocked off. You just keep going, keep trucking, keep swimming. Such people shine in this world. They lift us up. They encourage us. They inspire us, right? I mean, those inspiring books... Those books are not about, oh, you know, people who just crumpled in despair. People don't write books about that, right? It's always people who just keep going. No matter what you are facing, you just keep going, and eventually things turn. It's a person of hope. Let's become people of hope. Amen? That way we can shine in this world, bring good into this world. Now, I do have to qualify and make sure we don't, you don't misunderstand me. I am not saying that with faith and you just keep going, you will always get what you want. I am not saying that life works out just like Disney movies. I am not saying that, you know, just like Dory, you will find your family or you will find your you know, purpose, just like Nemo, you know, you're stuck in a thousand miles away in a dentist office, in a fish tank. When the, if that happens, it's very unlikely you're going to get back, okay? You know? I am not saying you just believe and everything will magically work out for you. That's not what the Bible says. Now, some people preach that. Prosperity gospel, Right? If you just believe the right stuff, do the right stuff, if you're blessed by God, you will succeed. Just keep believing in positive things and whatever your heart hopes for will happen. Universe will, you know, the secret, right? The universe will conspire to bring you the good thing. That doesn't always happen. You can believe all the right things, do all the right things, but still experience much suffering and failure. The Bible does not promise that faith will always get you out of problems and trials. What it promises is that it says we can rejoice when we run into problems and trials. Do you see the difference? It's in fact promising you problems and trials. It's not promising that you will get out of problems and trials. It's saying you will rejoice. You will have the power in your heart You will be bigger than your problems and trials so that you can rejoice even in problems and trials. You see the difference, what it's promising? It's promising you to make you a bigger person, right? That's what it's promising. 
So I hope the lesson you take away today is not that God will give you millions of dollars and give you purpose. If only you will have the right beliefs or have the right prayer experience. If only you will just be in the right place at the right time with God. That's not what the Bible is saying. And there's even a bigger problem with that mindset, right? Because if we are pursuing success, and that's why we have faith. Like if we are going for God because God is promising success, then really success has become your God, isn't it? God is just a means to get your success, right? And that's a big problem. That can actually get in the way of true faith. And I, I have no problem with success itself. It's a lot more enjoyable to have success and millions of dollars, right? So go for it, you know? Pursue success, but don't wrap your worth, your faith, your life around success and failure. Because it's not true that if you succeed, that's the sign of God's blessing and approval in your life. It's not true that that determines your worth and value. Some of the most worthy people who have ever lived, like St. Paul, most approved of God, by God, he's experienced so much failure and pain and suffering and not much success while he was alive. Was he not approved by God? No, clearly he was approved by God, right? It didn't really work out very well for him <laughs> while he was alive. That's not what faith promises. We will get stuck. Sometimes you will not be able to get up from the floor. Sometimes circumstances will be too overwhelming. Such things happen. I never got fully better. Like I said, I had to take a year off last year. Last four or five years have been quite painful. And I lost all those millions I made during the dot-com bust, right? What does that mean that I lost so much money? Right? Can you imagine losing $43 million? That can happen. Right? Does that mean I was no longer blessed by God that I lost so much money? During the time that I lost all that money, I was serving God with all my heart. I gave up all my worldly pursuits to become a pastor. The church I was serving at the time was booming. But I lost all that money. So what does that mean? Does that mean faith has deceived us? That I put my trust in God, but God only like sucker punched me? You know, like roller coaster up and down. Tremendous success and then tremendous failure. Where, how am I supposed to interpret this? Right? Doesn't mean faith has deceived me. Only if we have terrible misunderstanding of faith. The passage that we just read says, this hope from faith will not disappoint us. What does that mean? Does that mean that if you have hope in faith, you will never be disappointed and what you have hoped for. Does it mean that. If you have true faith. 
and true hope, you will get what you want. Is that what does that mean? I am saying no. That's not what this means. Because hope that depends on circumstances is not true hope. It will always lead to disappointment. Because circumstances always go up and down. They never just straight up go, go, go. Up and up and up. What the cross says is not that we will always triumph. Just, Im- just, just think of the cross. Is that a picture of triumph? No, it is not. What the cross says is that we are enough, we are worthy, and we are loved. We are enough, we are worthy, and we are loved. It speaks to our worth and value and standing and purpose and meaning of our lives. It does not tell you you are going to live in a, a luxurious palace, that you are going to win lotteries. That does not jive with the cross. Agreed? Whether we succeed or fail, you are loved. You are worthy. Your life has meaning. You have purpose in God's eyes. No matter what you are feeling right now because of circumstances, it doesn't matter. God has a future for you because He loves you. Because you are loved. That's why the hope that we are talking about will not lead to disappointment. That's what He says. This hope will not lead to disappointment because we know how dearly God loves us. Because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. It is God's love. This doesn't say God's power will always get you what you want. That's why you will not be disappointed. This says you are loved. You are loved. That's why you will not be disappointed. And that's what faith does. With faith, you can accept that God loves you. And just believe that the ultimate being in the universe has judged you and said, you are just infinitely lovable and worthy and meaningful in my eyes. That's what the cross says, doesn't it? God became a human being and died for you. What does that mean? He thinks you are so worth it, right? And that's not because of anything you have done or will do. Anything. It is not dependent on anything that has to do with you. It's it's from God. Your worth comes from the one who loves you. God love defines your worth and value. That's what we are believing. That's what faith gives us. Amen? Amen. So, if you can, with faith, 
believe God's judgment over your life as opposed to your own judgment over your life. Right? Think about your own judgment over your life. I bet it's pretty harsh. <laughs> But with faith, you accept God is the judge, not you. And you take it into your heart, God's judgment, which says you are completely embraced. If you can do that, that gives you the power to rejoice even when you are stuck in problems and trials. Because if you are satisfied with yourself, at a deep place in your heart, at the deepest place in your heart, if you are happy with yourself, then you can pretty much take anything that comes your way. If you're truly, truly satisfied with who you are, then you can rejoice from that deep place no matter what is happening. The cause of much of your suffering is because you're not happy with who you are. You're not happy with, you're not satisfied with your character, with the stupid mistakes you have made, With all these things, you look around and, and you know yourself very well, right? And you're not very happy with yourself, are you? And that's what causes addictions. That's what causes depression. That's what causes anxiety. The deepest cause of most of our problems is because we are not happy with who we are. And that is what the cross addresses the cross says forget all that you are not the judge god is except that god is the judge over your life so this is how faith can really change your life forever and ever and ever and give you power to persevere if you can take the love of god into yourself so when you feel stuck don't obsess over How are you going to make your circumstances better? Don't base your hope on what could happen. The future is uncertain. Instead, base your hope on what God has already done for you. Amen? That's the hope that will never disappoint because it doesn't depend on what might happen in the future. It's already happened. God has died for you on the cross. He loves you. Base your hope on that. That's my second practical suggestion. Because when we hear the word hope, naturally what we do is we think about what might or might not happen in the future. Right? You hope. I'll find my soulmate. I'll get married. Then I will be happy. That's hope for many people. Right? I will find my dream career. You know, I will be fulfilled then. Right? All these thens. I'll do this or that. That's the hope. All those thens. That will never work, guys. That will never work. work. Even if you get what you are hoping for, you, it will still lead to disappointment. That's what secular psychologists tell us. We will never be happy that way. Because you know what happens when you get what you hope for? Your expectations rise. 
and it's not enough for you. This is actually the uh, subject of my next week's sermon. Next week's sermon is called, Are You Happy? Are you happy? Probably not <laughs> living in New York. So I love next week's topic. It's going to be good. Are you happy? We're going to really get into that. So I'll save my thoughts for next week. So this is like your uh, TV dramas, right, Cliffhanger? You have to come back next week. All right. <laughs> uh, but today, let's, let's stop basing our hope on all those dens. We are not more valuable if all those dens happen. Was I more valuable when I had all those millions? Was I less valuable when I lost all those millions? Not in God's eyes. In my own eyes, yes. Yes, definitely. <laughs> but in God's eyes, no. So, where is my faith? Is it in myself or is it in God? That's the constant question. That's the fight of faith that we need all the time reminders. True hope is based on what God has already done on the cross. That's why this passage says we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. It's already done. Because of our faith, because we believe this is true, that God loves us and it's already been done, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. That's the hope for people of faith. We will share in God's glory. That's in our future. We have standing and privilege before God today, not because of who we are, but because of what Christ has already done. Amen? It's all written here, right? It's all written here. Our best hope for happiness is in being happy with ourselves in the love of God. That's a happiness that will never be taken from you. It's true happiness that you can always draw from. And it comes from the love of God. So my final suggestion is ask to feel and experience God's unconditional love as often as you can. Whenever you feel stuck, whenever you are not happy with yourself, turn to God and ask to feel that unconditional love, to fill your hearts with the Holy Spirit. And I have to confess that I don't do this as often as I should. I really don't. I mean, to be honest with you, more often I think about how stupid I was to lose all those millions. I would just love to get that back, you know? And that happens a lot. But what needs to happen is just turning to God again and again. 
to free us from all that condemnation in your head, that voice from your heart that brings you down, that gives you fear, that makes you say, I am not enough. What am I going to do? Whenever you feel stuck in that, turn to God. And ask God to fill your heart with His love. That's what we need. God's love is the only thing I know that can free us from this. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop perseverance and perseverance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. This is the primary function of the Holy Spirit, to fill our hearts with God's love. Holy Spirit is literally the love of God. That is what Jonathan Edwards said. It's literally personification of the love of God. And God promised us that living water will flow from deep place in our hearts whenever we turn to Him in faith. So let's turn to God even now as church. Let's turn to God to ask Him to fill us with His love that we will stop judging ourselves And let God be the judge. We will stop despairing in fear. But hope. Because of who we are in God. Sounds good? Amen? All right. Would you stand with us? Holy Spirit, we invite you to come with your power right now. Holy Spirit, come and fill us up because we need you. We need your power to take away all those voices of judgment, of fear, of shame, of uncertainty, of what might or might not happen. I pray now that you would come with your peace that transcends understanding. That we would have peace with you, with ourselves, with the world. That from a deep place in our hearts that we would be satisfied with who we are. Because you are. Help us to see ourselves through your eyes. And from that place of confidence. Help us to face our lives this week this month this coming year 
all those questions we have, all those fears we have, I pray now that you replace that with hope. Hope that will not disappoint. Hope of sharing in your glory. Hope of purpose. Hope of future. Hope of meaning. Our lives, each of you, in Jesus' name I say to you, each of your life has meaning, purpose, a bright future. Don't ever lose hope. Let's persevere. And God of infinite love will come through for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.